Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Alignment Academy. I am so excited for today's episode because you guys already know it's been a hot minute since I've had a guest on the podcast because truly I'm really picky with my guests. I want some people to come on that I really want to learn from that are really inspiring me. And me and Jerrica, who I'm about to introduce you guys to, have been connected on TikTok. Well, actually, I followed her first. And then a few, I guess, months later, she followed me and she was like, wait, girl, I love your content. And we just like clicked immediately. So I'm super excited to have her on the podcast today. She is a brain health coach and really into neuroscience, self-love, all the things. So I'm going to let her introduce herself because she can tell you what she does better than me. So Jerrica, welcome to Alignment Academy. Hello. Thank you, Kristen, very much for having me. I'm very excited to be here. And yes, I literally, you you came up on my FYP and I was like, wait, I love this girl's content. Went to your page to follow you and it said, follow back. And I was like, sick. <laughs> I was like, nice. Isn't it so um, fun when that happens? <laughs> yeah, literally. Um, but yeah, my name is Jerrica Slow. I'm a brain health coach. I specialize in self-love. So I have a very unique take on self-love. I do a lot of um, not just subconscious reprogramming, but also a lot of lifestyle up-leveling because self-love but uh it really just comes down to our like happiness and emotions are derived from chemicals in our brain so um i'm obsessed with self-love subconscious reprogramming neuroscience um i grew up in a very emotionally toxic environment and that kind of really kick-started my self-love journey was just healing from that so um yeah i've been doing this for a little while now and i'm obsessed with what i do <laughs> I love this. I love this. And that was going to be my next question for you is like, how did you get into this? Because I feel like most of these trauma work girlies, like we get into it because it really has helped us. And typically we have some hard things that we've gone through where we've had to find the tools and we're like so passionate about the tools. We're just wanting to share it with the world. So if you don't mind, can you walk us through a little bit about like how you grew up, your childhood and the big things that really led to you becoming a brain health coach? Yeah, so I grew up with a drug addict father whom I don't have a relationship right now with and a narcissistic mother. So wow. um, I just grew up in a very insecure environment. I was not loved unconditionally. So I grew up thinking that love was only conditional and that I had to be perfect in order to be loved. I grew up in a lot of fear and a lot of scarcity. Like I had been kicked out of my house a couple of times, um, was always scared that like if I wasn't the perfect angel at home that I would lose my sense of safety and security. That bled into relationships. So I only found myself with men who would either cheat on me or who just love me conditionally. And then it also bled into my career. So I I grew up for 20 years wanting to be in the music industry. That's where I started. And after 20 years, I was accepted into Drake's home studio here in Toronto. And I had went for a couple of months and then realized, wow, my passion no longer lies within music. And it was a really, really, really hard decision to leave because a lot of my identity was tied into being the music girl, quote unquote, so everyone at school would call me. And that's 
how my family perceived me as well. And I was with my ex at the time we were together for seven years. So he was, wow. he was really all I had, um, because I had a very on and off relationship with my family. And he was the one who really did not love me unconditionally. So I tied a lot of my worth onto him and he was not okay with me, like switching up my career. So it put me into a really, really big rut of depression. I had chronic anxiety, felt incredibly lost, really shameful. And that is what sparked my period of personal development because I just got to a point where I was like, this is not how I want to live. Like, is this literally what life is supposed to be like? Um, I, again, I had chronic anxiety. I couldn't go a single day without a debilitating panic attack or like literally shaking constantly. Depression so bad that I would go to the bathroom at my nine to five, cry all the time. Um, couldn't get out of bed on the weekends till 4 p.m. just crying. Like I was so unhappy, desired a relationship much better, but didn't have that self-worth in me to leave and find something better. I was too scared to be on my own. Then COVID hit. The classic, I feel like this is everyone's kind of story, but... Thank God COVID for COVID. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, I don't mean this insens insensitively, but I had a good experience with COVID just because it allowed me to step away from the busyness of the world and be able to kind of come back to myself. And I think a lot of people needed that. For so sure. I like to look at the positive of that. But yeah, I want to clarify. I don't mean like that it wasn't yes. a good period, but for me yeah. personally yes. and my career, it was a good yeah. period. <laughs> for a lot of people, it really was, but also for a lot of people, it wasn't. Anyways, COVID hit and actually the seven-year relationship had ended a month before COVID hit. So it was like I was in the depths of finding myself when the global pandemic happened and at that point, I was laid off from my nine to five. I was doing bookkeeping. So I had all the time in the world to find what I wanted to do and because I knew it wasn't bookkeeping. I knew I did not want to do that. I thought I always really wanted to do something creative just because spending 20 years in the music industry, that's all you really know. Um, so I dabbled in a lot, a lot, a lot of different things. Um, finally found that I really had a loving for design. So I started my own business doing brand and website design. Mm -hmm. And that is what sparked my journey into what I do now because I started to learn the power of mindset. Um, I would say just around the time that I was starting my brand and website design business, which was the end of 2020, is when I really started to get into like Joe Dispenza, manifestation and all of that, Bob Proctor. Um, and my friend was super, super spiritual. So I was learning a lot from her. And when I started a business, I really started to learn the actual science behind mindset and how my inability to hit a new level of income, my inability to um, grow a following, like absolutely everything came from my mindset. So I started to gain such a huge interest in that aspect of business. And that led me into taking a bunch of like courses, trainings and whatnot, just to learn the actual power of the brain. And um, my favorite one one has been my brain health certificate just because I'm just obsessed with every aspect of the brain on top of just the subconscious mind. But that's what led me to what I'm doing now. And I've been doing this for about a year and I'm obsessed with it. I love helping people 
shift and it just it's a very fulfilling career and i'm also just obsessed with like <laughs> the knowledge behind it so that is what led me to where i am now i love your story not because it was you know beautiful in all the parts but just like it led you to where you are now and I'm so happy you're a fellow daddy Joe girly. You probably know already <laughs> oh, my yes. obsession with Joe Dispenza and he's <laughs> really taught me a lot. And that's actually what I want to go into next, not Joe Dispenza, although we probably will hit on that. But <laughs> I saw one of your videos about like when you study the brain, you really kind of deepen your spiritual connection because you're like, this is so crazy and insane that like this brain is in, like who created this brain? Yes. It's so it's so like high tech. You know? Yes, so absolutely. Tell me a little bit about that journey because I know you're your spiritual journey was kind of in sync with the neuroscience. What were the big moments where you maybe feel like you found that connection with source or um, spirituality through studying neuroscience? I would say it was almost exactly that. It was, you know, people online, the spiritual community, they use a lot of terms and a lot of concepts. And it was never that I was like against it. I'm a very open-minded gal. But when I started to learn the brain, I started to find truth behind a lot of these. And it kind of opened up an even, like, an even bigger realm of like, wow, like there is just no explanation almost for a lot of just spirituality. Like, I don't even know how to put it into words because yes, when you learn the brain and you realize how complex it is, but how it controls movement in your body and chemicals and your external reality and the energetics. And it, it's just wild. And it makes you really think like, what created that? Like literally what created that? And I started to put the pieces together with a lot of the spiritual concepts. And that just, I feel like I can't even put my spiritual spiritual journey into words because it it's just like awing to me. Um, I love spirituality and um, yeah. <laughs> I love this. Yeah. And you know, I don't know what astrological sign you are, but for me, I'm like a Virgo moon and Virgos are like, they need the proof. They're like, show yes. me the proof. The proof is in the pudding, <laughs> right? Like I need to see this to believe it. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's why I was actually so obsessed. I am so obsessed with Joe Dispenza too. And like just the science behind it. Cause he literally proves like, no, when you're meditating, your electromagnetic field around your body is widening. And now yes. you are calling energy towards you versus being matter to matter. And it, gives you the scientific research and you're like, okay, there's actually, you know, proof that this yes, is working. And so exactly. my next question for you is around manifestation is like, do you believe that our brain, the better our brain's working, the better we can manifest? Or do you think that manifestation in your brain have a correlation? Absolutely. So firstly, I'm sure your community will appreciate me saying this manifestation is has the the term manifestation has been like people take it the wrong way um and this is why i feel like there's a lot of controversy between people saying like science and spirituality are two different things because they take these terms that spiritual people have used and they assign it to like one thing they heard one person say once and manifestation if you literally look up the definition online means to bring about a result, right? So people think like thoughts create your reality. That's how you manifest. And they think that you just think really hard and then it'll just magically appear. No, it just means that your thoughts mixed with like energy and um, action, action is key, 
is what manifested a specific result. And manifestation too is not always positive. You are always manifesting. So I think that that's something that's really important to touch on. Can you repeat your question? I just went off track. Yeah, no worries. It was about if you believe that manifestation has to do with like your brain or basically like when you heal your brain, are you manifesting more consciously or like how do you use the brain to manifest is a good final question. (laughs) Yeah. So the more you can heal past trauma and the more that you can break through those limiting beliefs and master your energy, um, which energy and beliefs go hand in hand. Um, I'm sure you've heard of the emotional vibrational frequency chart. I'm sure I'm, I'm like positive Dr. Joe Spence has talked about it. So those that chart goes hand in hand with beliefs because whatever vibration you are sitting at, you play in to those behaviors, thought patterns, beliefs, right? So um, being able to use your brain to manifest literally just means breaking through the subconscious blocks that are going to allow you to actually take the action towards the thing that you are desiring. Because again, all manifestation is, is creating an outcome. And it can be an unpleasant outcome. It can be a desired outcome, whatever it is. Manifestation is creating an outcome. And in order to create an outcome, you need to take action. But what stops us from taking action is is essentially our beliefs. Because um, if I don't believe I'm capable of growing a business online, I'm just going to stop myself from taking action towards you know, starting that TikTok account or that Instagram account, right? But someone who believes that it's possible for them will take the action. Manifestation really comes down to action, but using your brain to allow you to actually take that action. And when you like heal your brain and your brain health too, a really big factor that I personally love is the actual chemicals circulating in your brain. And when you are operating from a place of like, a healthy brain, for lack of a better term. You have the most energy. You have the most motivation, the most productivity, X, Y, Z. And this is going to allow you to actually like push forth that action, right? How many times has have you stopped yourself and said, oh, I don't have the motivation to do this today, so you just don't do it. And then you say that every single day and then you just never end up doing the thing that's going to bring you what you want. Something that I talk so much about is our habits and routines and how our entire lives are in the hands of our habits. And the reason for this is because our behaviors have a direct correlation with the chemicals circulating in our brain. So as an example, I'm sure you hear going on a run will boost your serotonin right? That's a behavior that you took part in and that's going to have a correlation with the chemicals circulating in your brain. So um, if you are getting a healthy production of dopamine throughout your day, you're going to have more motivation to work towards your goals. And then you tie that in with the subconscious aspect where you're working through your subconscious blocks, you are inevitably going to achieve anything that you desire. So manifestation from my perspective is entirely science and I will take that statement to the grave. (laughs) I love that. And then I'm going to kind of, you know, maybe pull it a step further just because I'm going to bring some of like my favorite manifestation and neuroscience things together. Back to my point in the beginning, you know, when you are having like the brain and heart coherence that Dr. Joe talks about all the time, the energy field around your body actually widens. Like that's scientifically proven. You can read his books, you can look at his research. And in that way, we are now calling 
to us more of the experiences that we desire. And yes, we're taking action, but we're also using our energetic signature, our energetic field to call it in. So I think I'm such an action girly, like all of my clients know, like I am going to be taking a lot of action when I'm working with Kristen. And I think that when you master your brain, now you're almost hacking the system because you're pulling reality to you now, instead of having to take all of the action, it's like meeting it halfway. Yes. I love that take too. And that really, again, just goes to show energy and beliefs go hand in hand. My favorite way of describing energetics is like you walk by someone on the street and you say, oh, that person gave me bad vibes. You're just feeling their energy, right? And because of the energy that they're, or the frequency that they're sitting on, you're not going to want to connect with them, right? So especially for, I know a lot of your community are like aspiring entrepreneurs, like especially if you are looking to build a community online you gotta master your energy because people like aren't gonna feel that magnetic pull towards you if you don't so absolutely i love that take and they they both go hand in hand i love everything you just said i have so much i want to cover because let's actually talk about energy when you're showing up online because one of the things that i teach in one of my programs scared to scene is like the energetics of virality right Mm -hmm. and it's like i believe that energy can even be portrayed through a screen and Mm -hmm. i believe that your energy comes from your beliefs about yourself. So if you don't believe that you are worthy of getting money from people, or you don't believe that your skill is worth actually, you know, exchanging for, for money, or you don't believe that what you have to offer is actually good, people can kind of feel that. And yes, absolutely. I believe reality is just a mirror. It's mirroring our beliefs about ourselves. And so if you want to work with people, you have to believe that, oh my God, I'm so fucking good. Like everything that I have to offer is at, people should literally want this so bad. You have to believe in it, right? Yeah. But if inside your beliefs are, oh, like, I don't really know if this is worth a hundred dollars. Like, I don't know if, you know, people are actually going to buy this. People yep. are going to mirror that back to you. And so what have you done? Cause I know you have, you're a TikTok girly. And I think that once you do grow a following, you realize how energetic it actually is. What have you done to kind of like master your beliefs around social media or like around business selling your services? Mm, that's a good question. Um, the biggest thing is just showing up for myself. Um, mm. and alongside the energy of like wanting to create impact because a lot like people can sense desperation right so if you're just sitting behind a camera just wanting you know someone to come to you because you need to make money that's a desperate energy and people can sense that whether they consciously know it or not and in turn you're going to manifest that into your reality and and like you said that's going to reflect into your reality of no one buying so um for me because I grew very, very quickly on TikTok and I I would be lying if I said I didn't struggle tremendously before my TikTok started popping off financially, emotionally, everything. And for me, the biggest thing was I started to just look at my day-to-day as a way for me to show up for myself. Um, and not in like a selfish way where I was like creating content only for me. Like, no, I wanted to create massive impact, but before I would even jump onto social media, I would start my day for me, right? I always preach you have to fill up your own cup first because if you have an empty glass and somebody needs something from you, there's nothing left to give to them, right? You can't give them a sip of your water. So you have to start your day filling up your own cup. And that was the biggest thing for me because it allowed me to not only build confidence in myself and trust in myself and a lot more of that self-esteem and self-worth, but 
it also allowed me to show up in the right energy, right? I start my my day every single day with a meditation, as I'm sure you do. Mm-hmm. Um, and it put it puts me in the energy that I need to be in. It gets my mind straight. It allows me to let go of my, you know, ruminating thoughts and all of that. So the biggest thing for me looking back on it has has been my ability to train myself to show up for myself. I love this. And I'm gonna like unpack it a little bit more for the community if like she mentioned, you know, she struggled to grow. She was struggling for her money, but underneath all of that, she genuinely believed in herself. So she kept showing up and then she's going to get that vision of reality back of, oh, now people are going to show up for me. Okay. Now people believe in me because I have been putting out this energy for so long of believing in myself. And I think that's why so many people struggle with social media because unfortunately it's not an instant gratification. Like you could be showing up for months and months and months and months and months and still not pop off. But eventually that's like accumulates. It's like an energetic, like it it takes all the energy and it kind of like just pops. And then you, you sometimes just like pop off. And I love that your story wasn't like, I just, you know, grew really quick because sometimes I feel like those stories can kind of, um, weigh entrepreneurs down of being like, Oh, why aren't I doing that? Or what am I doing wrong? But it's like, sometimes it's not that you're doing anything wrong, but you need to learn the lesson of perseverance. Like your soul just literally needs to learn the lesson of believing in yourself before other people do. And that's why you haven't popped off yet. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. And it's funny too, because you know what, I'm going to bring this up. So I, I've been on Instagram for a couple of years. Um, That's where business started for me. And mm, I don't like Instagram. I hate Instagram. And, um, I've never liked Instagram. I was on it because of like a should, right? Like you should be on Instagram. You have a business type of thing. And um, that energy of hating the app leaked out. It leaked out because I struggled to grow. I struggled to attract any income, any paying clients, anything like that. And I hopped on to TikTok and I, and I, I did grow really quickly. And But I'm not saying that from a place of like, I just started a business and grew. No, I've, I was in business for three years before I started to actually see growth. So it definitely is a process. But for me, I think I grew really quickly on TikTok because I loved the app and my energy showed that, right? So that again, just goes to show how powerful energy is because anytime I've taken a step back from TikTok to go towards Instagram again, my TikTok starts not doing as well as it usually would. I start to mentally not do as well as I usually would. And then I let go of Instagram for like a two week break and it all goes back to how it was before. So energy is lit. It's legit. Like <laughs> so real. It's yeah. so real. Yeah. It's so funny how like the different apps hold a different energy too. Mm-hmm. I think that TikTok and Instagram for me is such a weird thing because I am literally a different person on both of the apps. Mm, yeah. <laughs> like my Instagram and my TikTok are so different and my TikTok girlies know me one way and then my Instagram girlies know me a whole other way. I feel like for yeah. me, Instagram is business and TikTok is is like fun and play. But honestly, it's funny that you say that because I do feel like right now I'm having more fun on TikTok and like it's mm-hmm. doing quote unquote better because I'm yes. just having more fun and I'm just like yeah. not taking it as seriously. But then there's other moments in my business where like I'm so disconnected from TikTok and that's doing really bad. And then like Instagram feels more inspiring because I'm like in a business mode. So energy is just so funny across apps. I think maybe the moral of the story for whoever's listening is like use whatever app feels the most aligned to start yeah. to grow or use that platform and just pick it as like your number one and yeah, go from for there. Sure. For sure. I totally agree with that. 
I love it. Well, let's talk a little bit about that morning routine. You said, because I know that you have done a lot of like little habits and changes in your days for more self-love, for a better brain. First of all, actually, before we go into that, let's talk about the difference between a healthy and unhealthy brain. For anyone who's like, I don't know if I have a healthy or unhealthy brain, what are like the obvious signs? Um, the obvious signs are how you feel on a daily basis. Um, do you have a lack of energy? Do you have like no mental capacity, no motivation, you can't stay productive, you feel crappy about yourself, you are anxious, depressed, all of that. Um, and energy is emotion. And I think energy is the most important thing in the world. And um, you need to you can tell which energy you are operating in based on how you feel. So my my best tip to see if you have an healthy brain or an unhealthy brain would be to tap into how you are feeling and it takes conscious like awareness. So you need to be self-aware, especially for me. Like I know when I'm operating from a place of like um, optimal mental wellness versus not just based off of how I feel on a daily basis. I love that. And when you are like in the depths of, you know, your breakup and your depression and going through it, what are, if someone's wildly depressed right now, or just like, they're like, I have such an unhealthy brain. I know that I'm not operating how I want to feel. What are like the simplest practices or habits that you can give them to just start to feel a little bit better every day? Absolutely. Sunlight. Um, sunlight gives you hits of dopamine and serotonin. Um, and these are the like happy chemicals in your brain, also endorphins. So exercise, um, you know, I, I know a lot of people have come at me and said like, well, I'm depressed. I can't get myself to exercise. For me, when I was in the depths of depression, even a 10 minute walk, even a 10 minute walk, um, there comes a point where you really do have to have that willpower to just do it, right? So some big tips if you are in a depressive rut and you really just want to kind of start your journey of starting to feel better and coming out of this rut would be to um, some simple habits are again, daily sunlight, a morning walk. Don't go on your phone first thing in the morning. I talk about this all the time. You are operating in the theta brainwave state when you are waking up in the morning and whatever you are engaging in, you are wiring into your brain. So if you are someone who gets really depressed and down about yourself because you are comparing yourself a lot to other people, get the heck off social media first thing in the morning because you are literally getting on that app, feeling shitty about yourself and wiring that into your brain. So that would be my biggest tip is to start your day not on social media, first thing morning sunlight a walk if you can, and a meditation. Like those are just the best ways to start to train your brain to be more like your nervous system to be more regulated and to get those healthy, uh, happy chemicals. I love that. And it's simple. It's doable for everyone. And I totally agree with you. Like sometimes you just got to force yourself. You yes. just have to. You have to just be like, I'm going to go for a walk no matter what. You're not just of... going to wake up one morning and be like, oh, I'm ready for a walk. <laughs> yeah. No, you have to push yourself to do it. And I know it's difficult. I don't mean that in an insensitive way. I've been there. Me too. Um, but you just have to do it. You have to yeah. show up for yourself. Yep. I love that. I'm going to go ahead and out myself here. One of the hardest things I think for me is not scrolling on my phone first thing in the morning. Mm -hmm. Is there something that you can replace that with? Like, what do you recommend? Because you know, like sometimes for me, it like wakes me up to 
you know, listen to something or just scroll through my email even. And I can actually tell when I wake up and I scroll and then I go do my daddy Joe meditation, my brain is just a little bit more distracted versus if I wake up and I just put the meditation right on and I get Mm -hmm. into it, it's like I'm still in the void. It's like I'm just slipping into that meditation so easily. There's nothing on my mind yet. It's such a big difference. But my problem is that my phone actually does help me wake up. Like it actually does get me up enough to like just get to my couch. So what is something that we could replace that with? Do you have any tips for that where we can- I do. Yeah, tell me. Yeah. So firstly, I love that you said that because yes, shifting habits sometimes is really difficult. It requires replacing the habit rather than just stopping something and doing something else. So my biggest tip that I do this every single morning, this is my favorite thing. I have a folder in my notes app for journaling and gratitude. So I pick up, I'm not a morning journal person because I am like you. I have developed such a habit in the like, I don't know, over 10 years I've had a cell phone of picking it up first thing in the morning and just wanting to scroll. Um, And I know blue light's not the greatest for your eyes first thing in the morning, but we can't be perfect human beings. I will say that. What I do is instead of reaching for a notebook, because that, to be honest, I've like had moments where I've been writing in my journal the first minute I wake up and I like, I'm almost falling asleep. It's difficult for me. So I journal my intentions for the day, the second. So, okay, so here's my, as soon as my eyes open up, I reach for my headphones and I play my affirmation recording. And while I'm playing it, I will write my intentions for the day. I will usually, I'm leaning a lot more into trusting the universe right now. So a, a something that I'm doing as a part of writing my intentions is like asking the universe like for assistance in a particular thing during that day. So I have a folder just for my my daily journaling. And all I do is I do like three intentions for the day, ask for assistance from the universe for one thing. And then I go over to my gratitude folder and I show um, gratitude for as many things as I can think of, small, big, whatever it is. And um, then I put my meditation in. So that has helped me kind of get over that like scrolling. You know, I'm still on that habit of like typing on my phone, but it's more healthy than um, just scrolling social media. I love that. And I'm going to take it a step further. So something that when I have stopped scrolling, there's two things that have helped me. And the first one, which I love this because I can pair it with yours now, is I when, before I go to bed, I put my phone on airplane mode and I take my mm-hmm. Wi-Fi off. So it's like not basically a phone. It's basically just yep. like, you know, like a little eye. A device, uh, yeah. Yeah, a device <laughs> that has no internet. So I can't scroll. And then when I wake up, I try to scroll and I can't, but then now I'm going to replace it with that. Mm-hmm. And the other thing is one of the big ways that you can change your habits that I learned from Joe Dispenza is like by mental rehearsal, right? You have to yep. mentally rehearse the new habit. So What I've been doing is I, before I go to bed, I imagine myself like getting up and not getting on my phone, getting Mm. straight up, going to my couch, getting on a meditation and doing that. And that every single time I mentally rehearse it, just a couple times in my brain, I will literally get up and do it. I'm like, yeah, mental rehearsal literally works. So visualization is the most powerful thing that you could do. Um, even Jim Carrey has shared his, have you heard his like visualization no, story? Tell us. No, tell so us. So he has talked about in countless interviews. I actually read it in Joe Dispenza's book, um, You Are the Placebo. And then weirdly enough, the next day I saw the video of Jim Carrey saying it. So mm, weird stuff there. But um, yeah. no, he had said that every night after the comedy club, he would come home 
uh, sit under the stars when he was living in Hollywood and visualize himself making $10 million for being an actor. He wrote himself a $10 million check and wrote the date of Thanksgiving of 1995. And I think it was about a week before that he cashed it and he owes it all to visualization. And visualization is so powerful because the brain doesn't know the difference between what's real versus what's not. And a lot of people I feel like don't like to hear that. But my best example is if you close your eyes and you picture a shark coming at you or a bear coming at you or something that scares you, you start to feel the emotions in your body of that thing happening. Okay, my worst fear are sharks. So this works really well for me if I will actually sit and think about a shark coming at me. And it puts my body into fight or flight. And it's because your brain is signaling to your body that it is under threat. So it throws you into fight or flight because your brain literally has no idea the difference between um what's real and what's not and what the cool thing of that is it's because we don't see through our eyes we actually see through our essentially subconscious mind and that's what builds our perception so visualization absolutely powerful mental rehearsal is a great thing a great tool to use i genuinely have manifested so many massive things in my life with the power of visualization i mean you visualize the entire meditation and joe dispenses meditation yep. and there's been multiple things like like cars or income goals where I will imagine myself scrolling over my income in my, in my accounting thing, looking at that number. And then I hit that goal. And like, I just think that visualization is so slept on. And I'm going to say like yes. visualization when you're in that subconscious state in theta, yep. because your subconscious mind is so turned on. And yep. I love your example, not only of Jim Carrey, but with the shark and another example that came to mind that I'm going to give everyone, if they're still not convinced, if they're like, yeah, I don't know, I'm not scared to sharks is let's do a little visualization activity right now. This is one of my favorites. I want everyone to imagine that they are walking to their fridge right now. And I want you to open your fridge in your mind and you see two juicy lemons in there. And I want you to grab a lemon and one of them super soft, grab that one. And then I want you to go to your counter and roll out the lemon and grab your knife. And as soon as you are ready, cut into that lemon and you see the juices squeeze out. And then I want you to take that lemon and I want you to just to suck some of the juice up. And I want everyone to know that, notice that their mouth is probably starting to have those savoring and sour, you know, like yep. salivating right now. I don't know if yours was, Jerica, but it was, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you can start to see now, like that was a picture, but it's actually creating chemicals and a chemical reaction in your body. And yep. that's exactly what's happening. In manifestation, it's like we think something and then we're having a physical reaction to it. And then that is creating an energetic imprint. And now we're kind of adding to the field of reality, the algorithm of Absolutely. reality based yep. on our beliefs. Another really cool way you can look at it too is like, imagine you're staring down. Let's say, imagine you and one other person standing right beside you are staring down a staircase. The person next to you, absolutely terrified of heights. You are not. You're staring down and looking at this like 200 staircase stairwell. 
you're not scared. So you're not anxious, right? Because you're not afraid of heights, but the mm -hmm. person next to you is terrified of heights. So they are now going into fight or flight. Their nervous system is now kicking them into anxiety because they think they're under threat. That just goes to show it is life is just nothing but perception, right? And it's all that. based off of your own beliefs. Mm, yes, it's so true. And this is something that I talk a lot about of like increasing that baseline of safety. Yes. Like entrepreneurship is just one big risk. Yep. And the reason that some people can handle it and other people can't is because let's say for me and you who have been doing this, you know, both a, a, in it for a couple of years, we have increased our baseline of safety to not feel in threat even though we don't know how much money is coming in next month, yes. right? Like yep. that is a baseline thing. And the way you increase your baseline of safety, I actually have a meditation that I give my clients. It's called return to safety. It's by practicing the feeling of being safe. It's mm -hmm. really visualizing and holding the state in your body so that you can now feel safe amidst what you might call at this point, risky circumstances. For yep. me and Jerrica, we've been practicing feeling safe amidst quote unquote, risky circumstances for so long that our body just naturally feels safe in entrepreneurship, where somebody who maybe been in the corporate world and has never had to make a dollar like actually on their own might feel really unsafe to yep. be in the same predicament. And that's why we're not in fight or flight and they might be in fight or flight for doing exactly. the same thing. Even if we have the same amount of money in our bank account, yep. they might be freaking out and we might not. <laughs> exactly. You even might have someone who has like $5 in their bank account and they're not freaking out because they've created safety around not, not feeling scarce around money. Whereas someone with 30,000 in the bank might still feel scared around spending it. Right. And that's something I've actually done a video on before and I got a lot of heat for it because you bring up anything money related and people just on online just really don't like that. And But I talked about how for as long as you hold the belief that you are afraid of running out of money, it does not matter how much money is in your bank account, you are always going to feel that scarcity. And I said the proof is in the pudding with all these entrepreneurs who think that as soon as they have their first 10K month, they're going to just feel good. They're going to feel safe. They're going to feel free. And then it doesn't happen because then they're afraid of losing that $10,000 because they haven't actually taken a look at the belief of why they're not feeling safe because that's all the brain is designed to do. It's literally hardwired to keep you safe for survival. So any action that your brain is like throwing you into fight or flight, it's because it's just trying to keep you safe. But what's safe for someone else might be not feel safe to me because our beliefs are different. I love that you brought this up because I have so much to say around money. Uh, I have really transmuted my lack mindset so much this year. And it really does have to do with how you think and what you believe around money. And Joe Dispenza, I hate that we're like, this is like a Joe Dispenza sponsored episode, <laughs> but I kind of also love it because like, yeah. I feel like he's just helped us so much. Hi, Joe. If you're listening, hello. Hi, Joe. I know. I actually am manifesting him on my podcast. Yeah. So just, just stay tuned. It's going to happen. Um, but basically, what I really learned from him around the beliefs around money is you can't be in the vibration of actual abundance and think lackful thoughts. So in mm -hmm. order to become an abundant being, being and attract more abundance into your life, you have to literally think, feel, and act like an abundant being. So to give you a really good example, let's say that you are or have a scarcity mindset, and ev this was me, every time you spend money on anything, even a $6 cup of coffee, you feel really scarce. You're like, oh my God, I don't wanna spend this money. You are never going to get 
enough money to feel abundant for that cup of coffee. You literally have to start thinking about, okay, if I was an abundant being, I would actually have the thoughts of, I don't care about spending this money because I know more is on the way that's going to be replenishing it. And I have to feel joy spending the $6. And so I would literally visualize in my meditations and before bed, I would visualize myself spending money on a $6 cup of coffee and feeling joy and no lack at all Mm, to the point where I was literally just feeling happiness when I would spend money. And then guess what? Those were the months that I made more money because I never felt like I was in lack because I felt so safe spending it. It was like increasing my baseline of just spending money. (laughs) Yeah. And for sure. And that's what I mean too. And earlier when I said that vibrational frequency chart, you play into the thoughts behaviors, actions, beliefs of that emotional vibration. So if you are currently operating in scarcity, you cannot equally, just like you said, have an abundant mindset. Like it's just not, it's not possible. They go hand in hand. Um, But I have a perfect example too, to kind of piggyback off of what you were saying. So in September, I was really, really practicing, um, like in my affirmation recording at that time, I had every dollar I spend comes back to me. And I, for two weeks straight, every single time, I shit you not, every single time I spent a dollar, the exact amount of money would come back to me that same day. It was a very, I remember I was at a hockey game here at the Toronto Maple Leafs because I'm in Toronto. Um, I was at a hockey game with my boyfriend. We were on our way there and I had like bought the train ticket and a sub and a Starbucks and then looked at my email and I had made like three sales and it all equaled what I spent. And I was like, oh my God, these affirmations are literally working. (laughs) Oh my gosh, this is the best story. So now all the girlies are going to be like, what affirmation recording are you listening to? So (laughs) I made it myself. It was my own. Tell tell us how. (laughs) Tell us how we do it. Tell us how we listen to this. I'm going to do it too. (laughs) uh, Okay. My, my, it might not be helpful because, um, I was in music production, so I have recording software that allows me to loop. Um, But wherever you record your podcasts on, where do you record your podcasts on? Yeah, you guys can use like Audacity. You guys can also use GarageBand if you have. Yeah, yeah. So I use Logic Pro, which is also like a Mac thing. It's it's basically GarageBand, but a million times more expensive. So if you have GarageBand, just use that. But you can literally just even record it through your computer microphone. You don't have to have a fancy microphone or anything. Or voice Um, memos even. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, And then you can loop it. So it'll play for like X amount of minutes. You don't like for me, I'll say like a couple of affirmations that equal like three minutes long. And then I'll loop it to be either 15 or 20 minutes long. Mm, What are your favorite affirmations right now? Mm. You should try Um, to make that affirmation, but be like every dollar I spend comes back to me three times and just see what happens. (laughs) (laughs) Um, My favorite affirmations right now are... Um, I'm deeply supported by others in the universe. And it's because I'm right now trying to break through the belief that I have to do everything on my own. And it's because of the upbringing that I had where I was kind of left a couple of times to fend for myself. And I didn't have a lot of that support from family. So I hold this belief. I've recently uncovered that I can't 
depend on other people. I can't rely on other people. I'm not allowed to ask for help if I need it or X, Y, Z. And I've really realized it's because I lack this like trust in the universe helping me or the ability to feel safe in asking for help from other people. So my favorite current affirmation in my affirmation recording is, um, is uh i oh my goodness why did i just lose my train of thought what is it? it's what i said before <laughs> i am deeply supported in yes something i'm deeply universe. supported by others in the universe, in the universe. Yep. yeah yeah i love that so much and yeah i think having like good affirmations they're kind of hard to find you know but i feel like yeah. at, over time just try to think of like where do you need or like what's the belief and then what's the opposite of the belief exactly maybe yep. and just i'm gonna do this now because i'm obsessed and i want to i want to have a morning i want to add that to my morning routine to just yes. listen to my own affirmation. affirmation recordings have changed my life like literally and but my own like creating my own mm -hmm. um because you can find some on YouTube, but um, you might not resonate. Not gonna target like target your unique beliefs, right? So creating your own is is amazing, and I've seen great shifts since doing it. So let's talk about music since you're a, you know, ex music girly, you know, you still love music, I'm sure. But um, I've been get really getting into the science of music and mm, I love that how you're asking this affects our brain. <laughs> So some of the stuff that I've been doing is I've been listening to, it's like gamma hertz. So like, what yep. is it? 200 or something? I can't, I can't remember the hertz numbers, um, yeah. but yeah. So frequency music is powerful. Let's um, talk about it. <laughs> yeah. So I listen to gamma brainwave frequencies while I'm working because this brainwave state is associated with high attention and focus. Frequencies, how do I explain this? Because I'm trying to like dumb this down so it makes sense to absolutely everyone. I actually can explain it pretty well. Okay. Yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> just Sorry. I'm like, I know I just no, asked you, you go but let ahead. me yeah. <laughs> well, I'm going to give some science behind it. I've never actually shared this like anywhere. So, basically there's this law in science called like the law of entrainment and yep. it basically states that when there's two different frequencies or vibrations, it will always sync up to the higher one. And that's yep. actually also why, you know, like if you have two friends that um, you know, you guys are on different frequencies, like one of them will actually grow with you or they'll fall off. Right. Um, or like two girls that have periods, they'll sync up. If you have, yeah, two I was just going to say that that's yeah, where like, that theory is from. Exactly. Yeah. If you have two, um, grandfather clocks in the same room, eventually they'll yep. sync up. There's like a lot of science behind it. And so with these frequency music now, you know, I can kind of kick it back to you. I think that your brainwaves like link it, link yes. up to yep. the frequency of the music. And it's because of the one of the principles of music, which is called entrainment. So yes, you mm -hmm. explain that perfectly. Gamma frequencies, absolutely incredible if you are struggling with like focusing during work. Also, you know, getting into the habit of like putting your phone away, that would help too. <laughs> um, Logging but, out of um, Instagram on your computer. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, also sleeping frequencies. So a lot of people really struggle to get into the deep delta brainwave frequency um, while they are sleeping. And this is associated with a lot of our brain health because sleep is critical for your brain, just like water is critical. Like you even ha are missing a tiny bit of water and you're dehydrated, like you will, you will notice the effects. So sleep is critical for brain health. Sleep is critical, I say, even for self-love, for focus, like absolutely everything. So what you can do if you struggle to get a good night's sleep is you can listen to Delta brainwave frequencies on YouTube while you sleep at nighttime. You can find them the like literally eight hour long tracks. It um, entrains your brainwave states, like it matches the two brainwaves. So, um, or the two frequencies, sorry. So 
you can use frequency music for everything. You can even use ones to help with anxiety. Like there's been studies that have shown that patients in the ICU who were like in an area where there was this type of music playing felt less anxious and more calm than the ones who weren't. And it's because your brainwave matches the frequency in that music. So um, 428 hertz is a really good one for, it's also known as the like love and inner peace uh, frequency, but it really helps with anxiety as well. So use frequency music like for everything. I use it for everything. I hardly listen to music anymore while I'm working. I've started listening to either classical music or frequency music. I love this so much. And I really believe in it too. I'm going to give one story of what, like four years ago when I would always have, I used to always pull my back. I would actually listen to like healing hurts for like, mm -hmm. I don't, people have these crazy, like, I don't know how to find the hurts for that. I literally would just like yeah. search it on YouTube, but I would literally heal like my back or yep. I would heal a headache overnight just by listening to the hurts. And now I'm getting yep. back into it and listening to gamma. And then that's what I want to talk to you about next is I watched your video one time about things that you were doing to improve your mood. Yeah. And one of the things was classical music. And after I watched your video, I started listening to classical music while I worked. And I was like, yeah. wait, this is kind of a vibe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So classical music actually has been shown to release hits of serotonin. So it does kind of like it literally lifts your mood from a chemical level, um, but also I actually don't know the frequencies associated with classical music. I'm certain it probably has a lot to do with the gamma. Um, but all in all, classical music is actually really, really great for your brain. I love this. And then do you want to share one or two more things to improve your mood? Because I know one of them I want to talk to you about, but you had, I loved that video. So what are some other stuff that we can do to just like kind of increase our mood and like our life daily. One of, one of them is classical music. Definitely try it out. But what are some yes. other Yes. Um, gratitude is a really big one for me. So I actually have a signature gratitude practice that I've shared on my TikTok quite a few times. And basically the typical gratitude practice you'll hear people say is like, wake up, say three things you're grateful for, and then move on for your day. And here's why that's not going to do anything for you. Um, if you are not dominantly operating from a place of gratitude, you are easily going to fall back if you are not training your brain consistently to lean into gratitude. So my favorite thing, and it really helps lift my mood, is to um, follow my gratitude practice, which is essentially I, again, like I said uh, earlier, I have a folder in my notes app for gratitude. I don't just do it first thing in the morning when throughout my day, whenever something happens, doesn't matter how big or how small, it could literally be like, oh my God, my matcha tasted so good today. Like literally the smallest, weirdest things I will write down and I will say like, I'm so grateful that I'm able to like make this matcha at home or I'm so grateful I was able to go purchase this matcha. It tastes so good. It makes me feel so good, whatever it is. And then what I will also do is throughout the day, if something undesirable happens, I will write it down in this gratitude list, but I will flip the script at the end. So like as an example, the one day I had lost like $250. So I wrote, oh, this sucks. I lost $250. Looks like I'm manifesting another $250 this week, right? Like I just flipped the script and I ended up making that. $600 that week. So it was like, like this stuff works. But gratitude throughout the day and something too, if I'm finding it difficult because I'm just like in a really low mood to find something great grateful for, I will read through all my past folders of the stuff I've written down because it brings me back to that moment and it helps me lift my mood. So gratitude's a really big one um, and classical music. And then the third one you said in the video is microdosing. I don't even remember. Ooh. <laughs> 
why did I not even remember when you were saying like, oh, I loved the t- the points. I'm like, I don't remember what I said in that video. <laughs> it's okay. I literally just watched the video because I was like just preparing for the interview. But um, yeah. obviously, I don't. I my my audience knows. Like, I just. Yeah. I, I mean, this is a whole. I'll have to have you back on for this. But like. I just did a heroic dose of, of mushrooms and that completely Mm. reset my brain. But now I just am microdosing and microdosing is so good for mood. If you're not going through something negative, because then if you are, then like when I was going through my breakup, I would just cry every day. But (laughs) now that I'm good again, it's like the biggest mood booster. So can you talk about um, mushrooms for for increasing mood. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I'm, I'm going to be very blatant honest because I like to act in integrity. I'm not, I haven't done it a ton of times, so I'm not like this expert in microdosing. I've taken it a couple of times, felt a little bit of an effect where like, yeah, it brought up my mood. I did find, and I do know the science behind this as well, where you are best to take it in a time where you are not in the depths of feeling depressed or anxious because it heightens those emotions. Exactly. Um, so just being consciously aware of that. But um, yeah, microdosing helps with uh, increasing serotonin. I'm actually partnered with a microdosing brand here in Toronto and they're called Sero, short for serotonin. Um, So yeah, I am planning in the near future to dive more into the science behind this because I might actually be doing a live event with this brand um, and just sharing like the mental wellness aspect of microdosing. But me personally, um, I've I've done it a couple of times and I'm not an expert in it, but um, I did notice a little bit of that, like, "Mm, I feel good. (laughs) Yes. Yes. And totally like echoing everything that you said when you are depressed or sad, it will heighten that. But if you're just like kind of wanting to work through some stuff, be more creative, increase your mood, it's so good for it. Like when I need to have make a, have a content day or make content, I always take a microdose because it like it just gets those different parts of your brain talking and you can just think about things differently. Yeah. Your brain is more just like plastic. So it's it's able really to... good for neuroplasticity for increasing neurogenesis. So yes. um for people who are looking to um have you talked about neuroplasticity on here before? I don't think so. I mean, I I do a lot of subconscious reprogramming through inner child work. So that's obviously neuroplasticity, but I don't use that term. So you can use it. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. So neuroplasticity is just your brain's ability to reform and reconnect neural networks. So as an example, someone who has like chronic anxiety, they have a lot of neuroplasticity neural networks leading to the area of the brain called the amygdala. Um, And then if they wanted to kind of lessen that anxiety alongside working through the trauma associated with the anxiety, you would do a lot of like prefrontal cortex activities um, to strengthen neural networks leading to the prefrontal cortex. But the only reason you are able to do that is because of neuro neuroplasticity. So um, it's been said through studies and and everything, but um, microdosing helps with building neurogenesis, which is going to help you with um, neuroplasticity. So it's also a great like rewiring kind of tool. Yes, exactly. Oh, I love this so, so much. So my last question for you around this is what is the best practices to increase your self-love for anyone who's struggling with their self-love? Your morning habits, um, keeping up with them. Because like I said earlier, for me, I was able to get a little bit of a more hold on to my energetics through showing up for myself. A lot of people view self-love, and and this is kind of like has become a little bit of my mission, is bringing awareness to the fact that self-love is deeper than just the way you think about yourself. Because a lot of people online associate self-love with like, 
body positivity or feeling confident in your skin. And yes, those are absolutely crucial for self-love, but self-love goes far deeper than just that, right? Self-love also is tied into your ability to see progress towards your goals. And what's going to stop you from that is your inability to show up for yourself. So my biggest tip is like, Pick some healthy habits in the morning that feel aligned to you, feel good to you, that are going to help you increase, you know, the happy chemicals in your brain. Then stick with them because you are showing up for yourself by doing that. And inevitably, you're going to build confidence. You're going to build self-esteem. You're going to build your self-worth, your self-trust. Like, it's just a snowball effect. When you show up for yourself, it's just going to snowball into every area of your life. And just like you said earlier, it's going to, you're going to become a magnet for people wanting to show up for you because you know how to show up for yourself. So my biggest thing that I always say is just self-love comes down to your behaviors. It's not just the way that you think about yourself. And even though that's obviously crucial, you don't want to be like self-doubting and on everything, but show up for yourself. So pick some habits and show up for yourself. <laughs> yeah. Just discipline. Like yes. self-love is such a beautiful, like active discipline and being like, I love myself enough to like, even though I don't feel like it in this moment, I know that my vision of the future is so strong and this is going to like add to that. Yeah. So I'm going to show up for that vision of the future, even though my feelings in the moment maybe are not that I want to Absolutely. do this workout or I want to post an Instagram or whatever it is. <laughs> I can tell you for sure. I did not want to go to the gym yesterday, but I still did it. <laughs> and I exactly. felt great after. Yep. You're not, not always going to want to feel up to it. And life is not always about doing things when you feel like it. You mm. don't build self-love that way. And um, just like you said, if I could literally describe self-love in one word, it would be discipline. I love that. And something that I give my clients too, when they're working on self-love is like, I have them ask the question every moment, every moment that they remember is like, what would someone who loves themselves do? Because yes. the reason I love that question is it will give you a different answer every single time. So yep. for example, maybe someone who loves themselves would have gone to the gym yesterday, but like, let's say today you started your period and like, yep. You were like, what would someone who loves themselves do? Well, girlfriend, you just started your period. You'd probably This is literally home. me right now. This oh my gosh, me right really? Now. Yeah, I was going to go to the gym today and I was like, no, I literally got my period. Like, we're going to be smart here. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And like someone who loves themselves would like let them rest and like yeah. nest in your, in your, on your couch, in your bed yep. and just love yourself in that way. It's not always going to be push yourself as hard as you can. It's going to be yep. like- what It's would... intuition, leaning yes. into your intuition, which really comes from self-trust. Um, And yeah, because sometimes like you might have a freaking nasty flu and you're like, oh, I should go to the gym to show up for myself. But like use your intuition. Like does your body need a break? Yes. And if it does take one, because then you're showing yourself love. Exactly. Oh, so, so good. Thank you so much, Jerrica, for like just jamming with me. Honestly, I could talk to you for another hour. Absolutely, I, like I could. Yeah. We have so many <laughs> things in common. I'm like, okay, we got to do this again. But <laughs> let us know where we can work with you, where we can find you. I know you're on the talk now. So um, I love her TikTok. Like I said, guys, I literally followed her for like months before she even knew who I was <laughs> because I genuinely love the neuroscience content and the brain health. So tell us all the deets. Yeah. So, um, Absolutely everything about me, my offers, my socials is on my website, which is Um, I also have a podcast called The Upper Limit with Jerrica Slow. Um, yep, you can find me on TikTok at It's Jerrica Slow. And I also, I would recommend joining my newsletter. I give self-love tips of the week um, every week through my newsletter. Um, I'm not on Instagram anymore, okay? I still have an account. Don't follow me over there. <laughs> I've decided I'm leaning away from Instagram. Um, so follow me on TikTok and you can check out my website and my podcast. 
Yay. Thank you so much, Jerrica. Thank and you we'll for having you. me. Bye everyone.